Hello, and welcome to the audio version of Exeter Life, a twice-monthly column about the people, places, and events that comprise life in Exeter, New Hampshire, a historical town on the New Hampshire seacoast with just over 16,000 residents that served as the state's capital during the Revolutionary War. I'm Lara Bricker. I've lived in Exeter since 1998 and written this column since 2013. It's now 2020, and as an extreme extrovert struggling with life at home during the coronavirus pandemic, without my regular people to talk to, I've decided to add an audio version of my column. Up until now, it's only been available in print or online. You can look forward to new episodes every other week, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This week, a column from March of 2020, the start of the coronavirus pandemic. Everyone remembers where they were at certain times in history. I was in Mrs. Mullen's fourth grade classroom when the Challenger exploded. On September 11th, I was a full-time staff writer for the newspaper, and I was watching the Today Show with Katie Couric, waiting to see a story about the Danville monkey, when at the last minute, they turned to coverage of the Twin Towers. The pandemic is no different. So without further delay, I give you Exeter Life, adapting to our new normal. I doubt any of us will forget where we were when we realized our lives were about to change radically as a result of the coronavirus. I was riding in the back of an ambulance, going from Exeter Hospital to Boston Children's Hospital with my son, Will, who had a scootering accident last Wednesday afternoon. He's on the mend and home now, but during that ride with paramedic Andy Head, the simmering coronavirus pandemic came to a boil. President Trump made his Oval Office address to the nation, Travel restrictions went into place. The NBA canceled the rest of their season. As more people than I could count gathered around my son in an emergency triage room, I got an alert that Tom Hanks had coronavirus. Suddenly, the conversation of just a day before about whether our April school vacation plans would go forward was moot. This was real, and it escalated with a speed that has left many of us spinning. Just last Friday morning, which seems like years ago now, I stopped at my son's school, the Great Bay Charter School, to pick up cards his classmates had made for him and a pie from his math teacher in honor of Pi Day activities at school. I thought school might go remote at some point, and I remarked to the front office staff that GBEX was in a good position for a remote transition thanks to their existing online storm school protocol. I couldn't imagine it would be only hours later that we got word schools were closed for two weeks. Like a lot of you, I got caught up in the panic. As I sat on a hospital room cot next to my son that night, I ordered a shipment of frozen meals and meats, the kind usually reserved for holiday gift giving. I felt helpless, watching as the situation unfolded, unsure of what the scene back in Exeter would be like when we returned. By Saturday afternoon, we were home and I took a big breath. Thankful we live in the age of social media and streaming television services. Seriously, can you imagine what this would have been like if we didn't have FaceTime, cell phones, and an online way to come together? My church, the Congregational Church of Exeter, canceled all in-person events and church services were going to a streaming format. Sunday morning, I sat in bed with my coffee and cats as Pastor Emily Heath gave a sermon and prayed for those who asked for prayers in our community. It was surreal, but somehow comforting. I joked to my husband, who usually goes to church on Christmas and Easter, This was going to boost his attendance. 
On Facebook, people in the community quickly rallied to help their neighbors and our local business community. My friend Susan Gorman kept track of which businesses were open during her twice-daily dog walks, posting pictures of the takeout window at Laney and Lou, and reminding us that Jerry's Variety had products the larger grocery stores were sold out of. Dan Chartrand and his team at Water Street Bookstore quickly shifted to delivering books curbside, or even to people's homes. Chocolatier Anna Grazier compiled a list of restaurants offering takeout and delivery as we transitioned to a statewide moratorium on dining out. Monday and Tuesday were the first test for parents as kids shifted to remote learning for a minimum of three weeks. Meredith Poole, whose twin sons attend GBEX, was reassured by the ease of transitions for students at that school thanks to their existing storm school protocol. Teachers are engaged on Zoom, creative with modifying assignments to fit the new restrictions, and patient with technology glitches, Meredith said. My two children who attend this school have been happy to connect with their familiar routine as well as their classmates. This system has also enabled me to work from home during this time. Mary Weaver of Brentwood was following a loose schedule with her son Mason and grateful to be with him. Quote, I am doing my work emails and sipping tea with Mason right now, and it is a safe harbor in the midst of this horrible storm, said Mary, who is also a small business owner. Quote, I am overwhelmed with contingency plans for our business and workers, but the solace in my home is helping. KJ Tex developed a creative way to get her kids outside with a daily scavenger hunt. Quote, they don't have to interact with anybody, but they get some fresh air and they are together and go for a walk, she said. Quote, then they have to send me a selfie when they find the prize. It's actually really funny, and it's turning out to be great. With my son still recovering, I haven't had time to begin the daily remote school routine yet. So for now, I'm focusing on how to stay grounded as we move into our new normal. I've worked exclusively from home for the past four years, but as an extrovert, I am struggling with social distancing. I miss the gym, my frequent visits to St. Anthony's Bakery, and seeing my friends in person. I did a streaming yoga class from the Exeter Power Yoga one day and took a walk down Swayze Parkway another. It's not the same, but it's what we have. When an elderly friend expressed fear about going to the grocery store this week owing to her age and her husband's recent hospitalization, I volunteered to shop for her. As it turned out, having a purpose is very helpful in a time when we all feel a bit out of control. Not only did I feel good to be able to help her, but I got to see a friend. Vicki Novoychek, and we chatted from a safe distance for a few minutes by the frozen food section. I think all of us have come to realize that we're in this for the long haul. It's your choice how you respond. I'm choosing to go for long walks in the woods, appreciate what I have, help my friends, and support local businesses as much as I can. We can do this, Exeter. So thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Exeter Life. You can find me online at Laura Bricker Author on Facebook or on Twitter at Laura Bricker. If you are interested in crime and true crime, you can find me every week on the podcast Crime Writers On. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll join me again as I continue to share more stories of life in Exeter.